0: From the Boston Globe, this is Rhode Island Report. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to the podcast where we bring you big conversations from our very small state. Thanks for joining us. This is part two of our special episode with the candidates for Rhode Island's second congressional district, Republican Alan Fung and Democrat Seth Magaziner. We brought both candidates into the studio separately to explain where they stand on the major issues. Then we put their responses together so voters can easily compare and contrast. In our last episode, we tackled abortion and gun control. Today, we'll see where the candidates stand on student loan debt, immigration, and the 2024 elections. We'll hear their responses after this quick break. Welcome back. Let's get right into the issues. Mayor Fung, do you support the Biden administration's decision to cancel up to $10,000 of student loan debt and up to $20,000 for Pell Grant recipients?
1: I think President Biden clearly exceeded his authority when he did it by executive order not going through Congress on uh, an important issue like that. But let's take a look at that very serious issue because I, I did not support just the wiping away of you know student debt the way he uh, had. I'd rather take a three-pronged approach at this issue because first, we have to focus on the interest rates. You know, If we focus on that, that you know, could be one way to help the student. Second of all, let's take a look at why there's this high cost of college education for many individuals going through there. Tackling that root cause of the problem is a big part of it because when we're seeing many students come out with so much debt, especially for some of the degrees that you're never gonna be able to pay off that type of debt. That's a problem. And lastly, I want to make sure that, you know, we tackle it on the front end. I would be supportive of doubling the amount of Pell Grants so that those dollars are going back into the institution so that students don't have to borrow as much. Treasurer Magaziner, where do you stand on student debt forgiveness?
2: I think it'll help a lot of people. And I applaud President Biden for keeping his commitments. That is something that he campaigned on. That being said, I would tackle the issue of student debt in a different way. I think that we need to lower interest rates on student loans. Keep in mind, the federal government is the lender for most of the student loans that are out there. And the federal government is charging, at times, 6 or 7% interest on these loans and making a profit. I think it's wrong. The federal government should not be charging a, making a profit off of people's student loans. The other thing that we've got to focus on is the structural issues that make higher education so uh, unaffordable for so many people. So we need to expand Pell Grants in this country. We need to lower tuitions. I was a supporter of the Rhode Island Promise program in Rhode Island, which Alan Fung opposed to make uh, CCRI uh, more affordable, to open up those doors of opportunity, particularly for lower-income families. So there's a, this is a multifaceted issue, but what I want to focus on is lowering the cost of, edu- of higher education, lowering the interest rates on student loans, uh, and also expanding opportunities for other credentials beyond high school because there are a lot of good jobs and good career opportunities out there that don't require a four-year degree. Uh, so we got to invest in things like apprenticeship programs as well. Republicans have sued over that plan, and they note
0: that even House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has said any student debt forgiveness would have to be carried out by Congress, do they have a point?
1: Uh, It's a very valid point, but ultimately, it's also a fairness issue that impacts people every single day. Uh, I have a friend that is a Democrat in East Greenwich who's got a daughter that's going to Boston College, another daughter that's going to Fairfield University, and a son right now that's in high school uh, who's about to go into Uh college. He's carrying so much debt, and he did it the right way. He ended up, instead of putting the, you know high interest rates on his kids, he put it on his mortgage. Where is the help for an individual like him and his family and his wife and his kids? We've got to make sure that if we're tackling this issue, we do it in a comprehensive manner and addressing the root cause of the problem.
0: Treasurer Magazine, should that be up to Congress?
2: You know, I'll leave that for the courts to decide. I, again, recognize that President Biden uh, is keeping a commitment that he made during the campaign. And you know my focus in Congress is going to be on uh, things like free community college, which I support and which we did here in Rhode Island against Alan Fung's opposition, making access to apprenticeship programs and other credentialing programs more affordable for people and lowering the interest rates on student loans so that uh, people can save money on those monthly payments and pay off their debts faster.
0: Now let's talk about the 2024 elections. Treasure Magaziner, a Boston Globe, Suffolk University poll found that 68.8% of likely general election voters in Rhode Island do not think Joe Biden should run for a second term. If our pollsters had called you, what would you have said?
2: Well, listen, I think that over the last month in particular, President Biden's been on a roll. He passed the Inflation Reduction Act, which lowered the cost of prescription drugs, uh, capped out-of-pocket costs, expanded domestic energy production, including in clean energy, and decreased the federal deficit by $300 billion. He passed the CHIPS Act. He passed expanded benefits for veterans' health care. He killed the leader of Al-Qaeda. So he's been on a roll lately, and as a result, since the Boston Blue Poll came up nationally, you've seen President Biden's numbers come up, and he did all of that against nearly unanimous Republican opposition. You know, not a single Republican supported the Inflation Reduction Act, including Alan Fung, who said that he was against it. So listen, President Biden's been on a roll lately. I think he's doing a good job. I think he's delivering results. And um, I don't know whether he's going to run in 2024 or not. But if he does, uh, he would have my support. So would you have said yes or no to the pollsters? Should he run? No, listen, based again on the fact that over the last month, he has gotten a lot done, uh, he would have my support if he runs again.
0: Mayor Fung, Kellyanne Conway just said that former President Trump wants his old job back and could be a presidential candidate by the end of this year. Would you vote for him again?
1: Ed, we've been hearing this for months now. In fact, you I think you asked me that same question during the last yeah, podcast. Yeah. Like I told you back then, <laughs> I want a fresh face. I certainly am not gonna vote for uh, Joe Biden because of his policies that are going on. I'd rather see fresh faces on both sides. Yeah, of the give me aisle. a fresh face. I, I love this idea of fresh who, who hey, I'm not eye. gonna spec. I'm not gonna speculate. I'll give you a scoop right now. I am not running for president in 2024. <laughs> I'm focused on this election <laughs> well, in uh coming in November in 35 short days because ooh. it is about right now what is going on in the wallets and pocketbooks of every rhode islander every people across the country it is hitting them um, at the worst time right now these high grocery prices high gas prices high energy prices when republicans talk about a fresh face the name most often mentioned is florida governor ron desantis would you support him for president i'm not going to guess on anyone i don't know ron Uh, i'm focused on this election I'll make my choice. Ask me when I'm congressman who I'll be supportive. There's a, and I, I think people know I'm looking for someone in that race that's going to be focused, laser focused on the economy, laser focused on getting people back to work, laser focused on bringing some of the jobs back here. Whoever fits that model, I'll make a decision later, but I'm not going to speculate because I'll leave that to you guys, the political pundits.
0: Treasurer Magaziner, do you support the Electoral Count Reform Act? which aims to protect future elections and comes in response to the
2: January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Absolutely. You know, (laughs) January 6th was a horrific moment. It was one that I think all of us will remember for the rest of our lives. Donald Trump's armed mob stormed the Capitol building to try to stop the legal counting of votes under our Constitution. And to me, the worst part of January 6th were not the actions of the mob or even the actions of Donald Trump. The worst part was that even after all of that, over 100 Republican members of the House of Representatives came back and still voted against certifying the election. Over 100 Republican members of Congress chose to overturn the will of the people because they were scared of Donald Trump and they didn't have the courage to stand up to him. Those people, election deniers, people who violated their oath of office – should not be in charge of the House of Representatives. That is why Kevin McCarthy and other members of the Republican leadership cannot be allowed to take control of the House of Representatives. We can't, I can't believe I have to say this, but we should not have election deniers running the House of Representatives, especially with the 2024 presidential election coming up.
1: Mayor Fung, do you support the Electoral Count Reform Act? I have no I haven't seen that bill so I can I'm not even sure what's in it so I'll have to take my time to take a look at it before I can, you know, give you all uh, right cuz cuz I
0: know the House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy voted against the House version of the the bill. Uh, I was wondering if you had similar concerns.
1: I don't I haven't even seen that bill, but you know, ask me after I've taken a look at it.
0: Let's talk about immigration. The New York Times just investigated how Florida Governor Ron DeSantis used state budget money to round up 48 Venezuelan asylum seekers on the streets of San Antonio and shipped them on private planes to Martha's Vineyard. What did you think of what DeSantis did?
1: Here's the thing. Look, let's call it what it is. It was basically a stunt to kind of send the message. But the real message that, you know, concerns me and why I want to go down to Washington, D.C., we do have a crisis at the border. We do have a very serious immigration issue. Issue that is in our country, you know, Ed. Even before you know this run, I think you and I have had conversations about where I stand on it. We need comprehensive immigration reform. We also need to secure the border because not just with many of the individuals coming in, what is uh, very having a very deep impact on our country, but even in our backyard is that opioid crisis. The free flow of fentanyl that's coming from that southern border has to be stopped. That is going to be a priority, and that's why I'm running.
0: Treasurer Magaziner, what do you think of what Ron DeSantis did?
1: I thought it was a cruel political stunt. Uh, Ron
2: DeSantis is using human beings, including children, as props uh, to boost his own political profile, and we have to condemn that in in no uncertain terms. Uh, Listen, immigration is a complicated topic, and we need reform. We need real changes with the way immigration works in this country. What's the main thing you would change? Well, listen, number one is we have to put the resources in place to make processing people's applications at the border more efficient. Uh, Because what happens right now is people come to the border, they claim asylum, they say, you know, I'm fleeing violence, I'm fleeing political persecution. And uh, there is a huge backlog with those claims being adjudicated. And so in the meantime, While people are waiting for those claims to be adjudicated, they're either allowed into the country or under the Trump administration were kept in horrific conditions, parents separated from children, et cetera, while they're waiting for their claims to be adjudicated. So there's a lot that we need to do to reform immigration in this country. We need a path to citizenship for Dreamers and others who are already here. We need to make sure that law enforcement have the resources that they need. But to really get to the heart of the issue, we need to make sure that the resources are in place for asylum claims and other claims at the border to be adjudicated quickly so that people aren't left hanging for months and months or
0: years. Mayor Fung, as the son of immigrants from Hong Kong, what's the one change you wanna make to the nation's immigration system?
1: There's actually, there's a lot, and that's why I say there's comprehensive, but one of the things that I'd like to do in the immediate and I hear this from a lot of the um, hospitality industry. They need workers. I'd love to be able to lift some of the caps, whether it's on the seasonal temporary, to help support our hospitality industry, to even making sure that we have uh, an honest discussion about you know, pathway uh, for those that are, here, are undocumented and are here. So long as they're not jumping into the system, they should, because they, we need them as part of our you know, um, supply of workers in to help support our economy.
0: Now, let's talk about your records. Treasurer Magaziner, your opponent is running on his record as mayor of Cranston, the city where you now live. What's your critique of the job he did during his 12 years as mayor?
2: Well, it's not my critique that counts. I think it's the critique of uh, you know the state police and uh, residents of Cranston that matter the most. Uh, you know, under Alan Fung's watch, the state police had to take over the Cranston Police Department because... Under his watch, it was being run in a corrupt and self-dealing way. The state police took over the Cranston police, and in their words, the state police's words, not mine, they said it was being run like the mafia. They said that Alan Fung was ultimately responsible, that he had a failure of leadership, and was responsible for inappropriate interference into police business by giving promotions and other special favor to officers who were his friends, and campaign bundlers over those officers who wouldn't play the game. Again, none of that is my word. That's that's the word of the state police of Rhode Island. Ten tax increases, a multimillion-dollar deficit, one of the worst funded pension plans in the state, Uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, So look, no community has leaders that are perfect. I get that. But Rhode Islanders have a right to expect their elected officials to act in an above-board way to be honest and to do the right thing. And Alan Fung failed in his leadership of the city time and time again. Mayor Fung, your opponent is running on his record as state treasurer. What's your
0: critique of how he's done?
1: Well look, it's easy to be a state treasurer mm-hmm. and take a look at funds during the height of the economy. Let's take a look at, you know, how he's doing it, you know, right now. There was a I think a national article uh, where Ted Seidel was out there, you know, banging him about a lot of the fees going out the door, you know, from that plan. And that's a lot of the criticism that he's gonna have to own. Look, I focused in Cranston on doing the right things, working across the aisle to get that city out of the red to where it is today. I'm very proud of the work that we did to turn that city around, focusing on our residents. That's what I'll do down in Washington, D.C. Treasurer
0: Magaziner, during the primary, a left-wing publication said you doubled down on alternative investments, such as hedge funds and private equity, and that pension fees to Wall Street shot up as a result. Your response?
2: Well, listen, uh, under my tenure as state treasurer, the state pension fund has had historically strong performance. Uh, We've increased the assets in the pension fund by more than $2 billion. Last year, we outperformed more than 98% of public pension plans nationally. And the reason that that's important is because every Rhode Islander deserves security when they retire, including and especially those who spend their lives serving the community um, as teachers, as first responders, as nurses. And so I'm very proud of the fact that we can say to uh, the 60,000 Rhode Islanders who rely on the state pension fund for uh, their retirement security that we delivered historically strong performance. We outperformed 98% of other public pension plans across the country, grew the fund by billions of dollars, and as a result, uh, their retirements are more secure. I've seen Republicans have raised questions about an
0: $800,000 loan for your 2014 campaign for treasurer. Can you be specific about the source of that money and whether you complied with the campaign finance laws?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And the answer is yes. Uh, Listen, uh, like many other candidates, including Alan Fung, I put personal money into one of my campaigns uh, back in 2014. And there's nothing unusual about it. Candidates do it all the time, including my current opponent. I have said repeatedly that uh, you know I'm fortunate to come from a well-off family that gave me the ability to put personal money into my campaign in 2014, just like many other candidates do. Nothing unusual about it. And the reason I did it, just to be clear, back in 2014, was because I thought that we could do things in the treasurer's office that would help people, and we have. You know, in the time that I served as state treasurer, we launched a statewide school construction program that has allocated money to repair or replace more than 200 public school buildings so that kids could go to schools that are high quality and equipped for the 21st century. We made historic investments in clean energy. We divested from companies that manufacture assault weapons, and we managed the state pension fund to an all-time high. So, you know, I did what many other candidates do. I invested in my campaign back in 2014 because I thought we could deliver positive results for people, and we've done that. What do you make of the Republicans branding you silver spoon set? You know, I think that it's uh, just another example of how too many Republicans, including my opponent, are mimicking Donald Trump, you know, immature name calling and personal attacks when the focus should really be on what we're going to do to help people.
0: Mayor Fung, Rhode Island's Democratic Party chairman has said you mishandled the finances in Cranston, forcing the current mayor to terminate staff and make severe budget cuts. What's your response?
1: Absolutely ridiculous it it's not even me saying it. let's go to the books. let's go to those audits. I left with millions in a rainy day fund. I left with the highest bond rating cities had in decades. I left fully funding. Our pension plan—that uh, plan that had been strug- uh, strangling Cranston taxpayers for generations—and I was able to sit across the aisle with not just union members but retirees, you know, to further stabilize that plan. Negotiated reforms that, you know, uh, we were able to, you know, survived all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. We did it. Put the uh, city on the right path financially. And let's take a look at what Ken had to face, you know, as he came in, and I. St- It started during my administration too. We had a pandemic, a crisis, a crisis that, you know, it's easy to sit Monday morning quarterback, you know, several years, you know, a couple years later. But when we first started, we didn't know much. We had to do a lot that had an impact on our economy. And that's what Ken had inherited going first. There's also been a commitment to school construction and supporting our school system. So millions went into that, and some of those bills are coming due now. So I don't envy Ken, but to say that there was anything wrong with my administration is absolutely another lie that the Democrats are telling because they're losing.
0: This campaign's already had a lot of attack ads, so let's end on a positive note. What's one thing both of you agree on?
2: I know that uh, Alan is a foodie, as am I, and so I'm sure we agree that Rhode Island has Uh, the best food in the country.
1: I don't know what his favorite food is, but I can tell you I love chowders and clam cake.
2: All right. Thank you for
0: joining us today.
1: Thank you very much for having me. Thank you.
0: For more coverage of the general election, go to globe.com slash Rhode Island. That's globe.com slash Rhode Island. Rhode Island Report is a production of the Boston Globe. Today's episode was produced by Megan Hall, Carlos Munoz, and Scott Hellman. Audio mixing and mastering by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Our music is from APM. I'm Ed Fitzpatrick. See you next week.